0: <laughs> and laughs Theater of the Mind The best love programs from radio's golden age Only on Zoomer Radio Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor Well,
1: thank you, and welcome to the show And first of all, Happy New Year Tonight, we visit with Judy Canova when bandleader Rudy Valley offered the still-teenage Canova a guest spot in his radio show back in 1931, the Fleischman Hour, the door opened to a career that spanned more than five decades. The popularity of the Canova family led to numerous performances on radio in the 1930s, and they made their Broadway theater debut in the review called Calling All Stars. Now, an offer from Warner Brothers led to several bit parts before she signed with the Republic Pictures. She recorded for the RCA Victor label and appeared in more than two dozen Hollywood films, playing the lead roles as well as supporting casts in Scatterbrain 1940, Joan of Ozark in 42 and Lay That Rifle Down in 1955. In 1943, she began her own radio program, The Judy Canova Show. It ran for 12 years, first on CBS, then on NBC playing herself as a love-starved Ozark bumpkin, dividing her time between home and Southern California. She was accompanied by a cast that included voice master Mel Blank, the man of a thousand voices he is in tonight's show, whom we'll hear as Pedro, uh, using the same accented voice he later gave to the cartoon character Speedy Gonzalez. Coming up now, The Judy Canova Show.
2: Palmolive Soap, Your Beauty Hope, and Colgate Tooth Powder for a Breath That's Sweet present the Judy Canova Show with Mel Blank, Ruby Dandridge, Verna Felton, Joe Kearns, the sportsman, Opie Cates and his orchestra, and starring Judy Canova.
3: A boy met a girl at a railroad station. Their trains were an hour late and over a cup of coffee, he begged her for a day. She looked so demure and shy, and then made this reply. Why don't you look me up now? in chee chee hochie chee chee my hometown, why don't you look me up, down in chee chee in a sleepy, little, creepy, little, wonderful, one-horse town, you gotta get a train for waku-waku, time to catch a bus for taboo-taboo, Better bring along a little bale of hay, cause you'll have to ride a mule the rest of the way, so why don't you look me up, down. And Chi Chi Huachi I'll be watching and waiting for you Why don't you look me up down in Chi Chi Huachi Chi Chi Huachi mom? Why don't you look me up? Down in chi chi it's a sleepy little, creepy little, wonderful one-horse town. You gotta get a train for a waku-waku, it's time to catch a bus for taboo-taboo. Better bring along a little bale of hay, cause you'll have to ride a mule the rest of the way. Why don't you look me up? Down in chi chi i will be watching and waitin'. Yes, I wait for you.
2: Well, an exclusive horseback riding and picnic supper party has been arranged in Brentwood. Handsome Benchley Botsford will be there, and Judy is all excited. As our scene opens, Judy is talking to Aunt Aggie.
3: Aunt Aggie? I'm going to hang Benchley's picture up next to Van Johnson.
4: Oh, men, men, men. Judy, when you hung up Van Johnson's pictures, I told you not to use nails. Aunt
3: Aggie, I don't need nails to keep his picture on the wall. My heavy breathing doesn't.
5: <laughs>
3: and you know, I feel the same way about Benchley. Here,
4: look at my hope chest. Hope chest? Why, Judy, that's only a cigar box. He's not much of a chest. Just never had much hope.
3: <laughs> well, I'm telling you right here and now. If I play my cards right at this picnic, Benchley might ask me to marry him.
4: Oh, Judy, wouldn't it be wonderful? Oh, I can see you now, going down the aisle, wearing a dress with a long train.
3: No, no, my dress ain't gonna have no long train. Why not? Once I start heading for that altar, I don't want nothing round my ankles holding me back. <laughs>
4: Hold way, Judy. Have you done your shopping for the picnic?
3: Yeah, and again, I'm plum wore out. I guess it was a mistake to let the neighbor's dog carry the meat home for me. If the dog helped you carry the bundle, why are
4: you worn out? Well, I've
3: been in the backyard all afternoon digging for pork chops.
4: <laughs> Judy, that's ridiculous. Besides, at that exclusive picnic, pork chops will never do.
3: Yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe I'd order to get a chicken.
4: A chicken? Oh, yes, that would be nice. Do uh, you want to pull it? Shucks, no. I'll carry it. <laughs> oh, it now, remember, dear. Remember now, it's important that you pack a nice
3: lunch. Yeah, because the men are going to bid for the girls' lunches, and I want Benchley for her to get
4: mine. Oh, then you should fix something appetizing, like, um, Limburger cheese souffle. Limburger mm-hmm. cheese? Yes, it's easy. You put it in the oven at 350 degrees, leave it in for 45 minutes, and forget it.
3: Aunt Aggie, when you put that kind of cheese in an oven, you can't forget it. <laughs> hey, Miss Judith, look at this package you brought home. Well, what's wrong with it, Geranium? Well, I unwrapped it and unwrapped it, and there's nothing in it. Oh, Geranium, that was a roll of paper towels. Oh.
5: <laughs>
3: Golly. I say, I must be getting absent-minded. I guess that's because I got a letter from Pomeroy today. You did? What'd he say? Well, they're sending him over to help occupy Japan. But Pomeroy would rather have his old civilian job back. He ain't in favor of occupation. What was his old civilian job? No occupation. Say <laughs> well, you know if I miss Judith, I sent Palmer a picture of me in my new dress, and he says it makes me look graceful as a greyhound. <laughs> you mean the kind you bet on? No honey, the kind you ride on. <laughs> Well, I better get back to the kitchen I got a stew sitting on the stove Well, let him sit there till he sobers (laughs) up Say, Geranium, never mind putting the fork in a spaghetti bowl Put in an egg beater instead Okay
4: An egg beater, Judy? What do you need that for? Well,
3: Aunt Aggie, when I eat spaghetti I gotta have something to wind it
6: with (laughs) Pardon me for talking In your face, senorita Oh, hello, Pedro What's on your mind? Oh, well, senorita I'm worried about My cousin, Roberto I mean, He doesn't stop Running around His wife is going To leave him
3: That's too bad
6: he He sure is going To miss her <laughs> Senorita, I tried to elope with my girl last night.
3: Still don't get it. You did, Pedro?
6: Neither do I. (laughs) See, I put a ladder up to my girl's window, but her father caught me when I was halfway up the ladder. Golly, what'd you do? What could I do? I painted the side of the
5: house. (laughs)
6: Senorita, I like to neck with my girl. She always says her kisses will send me. Do they? No, I'm too smart to go. (laughs) Tasty
3: manana, senorita. A A tasty banana to you too, (laughs) Pedro. Gosh, Aunt Aggie, I wonder if Benchley likes going on a picnic. Oh,
4: yes, I hear he loves to.
3: He loves to? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, that's even better than going on a picnic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's the phone, Aunt Aggie. I'll answer it. I ain't afraid of them things no more. This was your idea, so start
4: talking. Miss Canova, this is Brenda Laverne. Where I come from, when we pick up a phone, we say, are you there? It's much simpler.
3: Oh, I reckon you're right, Brenda. You say, are you there? Then if there ain't nobody there,
4: there ain't no use going on with the conversation, is <laughs> I called to tell you, Miss Canova, that you're wasting your time with Benchley Boxford. You're not at all in his class, socially. Well, shucks, are you? Indeed I am. I was born in a mansion at Bar Harbor. It's a real show place.
3: Just yes, that ain't nothing. They put a plaque on the house I was born in. and you ought to see all the people stop and read it. Really? What does the plaque say? Brooms for rent. <laughs> say, tell me, how do you figure on winning Benchley? You can't fix a picnic lunch.
4: Perhaps not, but I baked a lovely fig pudding for him. A fig pudding?
3: Shuck, that won't get you nowhere. I baked the fig pudding for a bunch of fellas back home once. Didn't they like it? No, they kept asking for dates.
2: playing her interpretation of the St. Louis boogie. Well, it looks as though Brenda Laverne is going to give Judy a run for her money at the forthcoming picnic. As we look in on her now, Judy is talking to Aunt Aggie.
3: Dolly, I sure wish I was a pin-up girl like Brenda Laverne.
4: Pinup girl, pin-up girl. Judy, I am sick and tired of hearing about pin-up girls.
3: Yeah, me too. What I'd like is a man I can pin down.
4: <laughs> now, Judy, you mustn't let Brenda give you an inferiority complex. Just because she has beauty and a fine education. I suppose she know, you know, that she got her B.A. and Ph.D. at Vassar.
3: Oh, shucks, that ain't nothing. Back in Cactus Junction grade school, I got an A.B. and a S.A.S. A.B. and S.A.S.? What's that? Absolute bonehead, say, after school. And I got my sheepskin
4: oh, Your father must have been proud When you brought home that sheepskin
3: No, he wasn't He looked at the sheepskin and he says I bet they gave the smart kids the meat
4: <laughs> Say, me Judy Miss Brennan LeBron is in the living room Shall I show her in? Yeah, Geranium. you show her in and I'll show her up okay. Well, Miss Canova I must say you're wearing an odd riding habit Are those supposed to be jeans?
3: Jeans? Jokes, no. Everything I got on belongs to me.
4: (laughs) You know, we're having a riding contest at the picnic this afternoon. Have you done much riding? Well, no.
3: The last time I went horseback riding, every time I said, get up, the horse backed up. When I said, back up, he went forward. Must have been a very stupid horse. No, it wasn't his fault. I was sitting on him backwards. (laughs)
4: They will be impressed with my fancy riding. Hmm? By riding at full speed, I can pick up a handkerchief with my teeth.
3: You know, I tried that once, and I almost had to pick up my teeth with a handkerchief. <laughs>
4: <laughs> After the horseback riding is over, the men will bid for the lunches we packed, and the finest lunch will attract the most eligible man. Yeah, I know. You know, the quickest way to a man's heart is through his stomach. So I put delicious molasses cookies in my lunch.
3: Yeah, but molasses is kind of slow. I baked a hasty
5: pudding.
3: <laughs> hey, you want to taste one of my cookies?
4: Thank you. Oh, my, tastes terrible. Eventually won't like these. You left out the baking soda. Oh,
3: that don't make no difference. You'll have to take that later anyhow. <laughs> well, Miss Canova, I'll
4: see you later. I'm warning you. I have my cap set for Benchley, too. And remember... Opportunity,
3: knocks. No, it don't. It parks out in front and honks a horn. (laughs) Say, Geranium, I got to pack a lunch and brush up on my horseback riding. You got to help me. Honey, I can't ride a horse. The only horse I ever rode was a draft horse. A draft horse? Yeah, I couldn't get a volunteer. (laughs) You know, Geranium, I hmm? want to cook something super for the picnic. I think I'll bake me a snow cake. A snow cake, Miss Judy? How do you make it? Well, first you take a pound of ice and cover it with molasses. Hmm. Then you put it in the oven for 20 minutes. For 20 minutes? Then what? Snow cake. <laughs> <laughs> I sure want to look my best tonight, because after the picnic, we're going to play Pony Express Post Office. Yeep! Pony Express Post Office? hey, what's that? That's kissing by slow stages. Oh. <laughs> I ain't in no hurry, anyhow. I ain't going nowhere. Yeah, I know that game too. You know it, honey? Yeah, you
6: kiss and pause.
3: Then you kiss and pause. Well, a feller can kiss me, but the better keep the pause to itself. <laughs>
6: Pardon me for talking in your face, senorita
3: Oh, hello, Pedro. Did you get the car ready to drive me to the picnic?
6: See, and I fixed the front fender so they won't get bumped up in front anymore. Oh, good. You did how? I put them in (laughs) back. Pedro,
3: you probably ruined them. You better go and put them back where they belong.
6: See, I will go now. I hope something I shouldn't be doing wasn't what I did, and if I hadn't been doing it when I wasn't, then I can prove it.
3: (laughs) 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 The captain of Montfort is here to see you Ah, ma chérie
7: Ma petite enfant, vous <laughs> êtes très charmant ce soir Vous êtes très magnifique Je t'adore, je Shut the door
3: yourself, Count <laughs> How'd you get in here, anyhow?
7: Oh, chérie, I love you Doors cannot stop me Walls cannot stop me Nothing can stop me Only your face
3: <laughs> He's on my mind <laughs> Are you going to the picnic too, Count?
7: Oui, Cherie,
3: oui. Oui, not me. I'm going with somebody else. <laughs>
7: <laughs> you must go with me, Cherie. Oh, by the way, tell me, how do I look in my cowboy outfit, huh?
3: Well, Count, there ain't no seat in those woolly trousers.
7: But, Cherie, these are cowboy shops. They are built that way.
3: Shucks, for a minute I thought France was being liberated again. <laughs> Over here anyhow. Oh, I
7: came here to offer a bid on your picnic lunch.
3: Oh, Count, I don't want to sell my lunch to you. Oh,
7: Cherie, I will start the bidding. I offer you one franc.
3: Never mind, Frank, just bring on Benchley Bosford. <laughs> no,
7: no, Cherie, the franc is French money. I want to start the bidding. Have you never been to an auction?
3: Just one time. I did some bidding on a pirate once at an auction, but somebody kept raising the bid. Yes? Yep, I bid $20, somebody else bid 25 Then I bid $30, somebody else bid $35. But I finally got the parrot for 50 bucks. Hmm.
7: could the parrot talk, sherry?
3: Could he talk? Who do you think was bidding against me? Count, <laughs> tell me, why are you so interested in me?
7: Oh, because your face reminds me of the stars in the heaven.
3: Really, Count? Like the stars?
7: Yes. Your eyes are like Jupiter. Your cute little nose is like Venus, and your mouth is like seven lovely stars strong together.
3: Count, you get out of here. Now, get out. Oh, but, Julie, I only
7: said that your mouth is like seven
3: stars. Yeah, I know. It's a big dipper.
2: <laughs> and now, here's Judy to sing a little song for you.
3: I was wrong, dear, when I left you Oh, I was wrong to turn you down Never dreamed how much I'd miss you Till my head started spinning round and round Oh, I was wrong to say goodbye Never thought you'd make me cry Oh, I found out since I've been gone You were right, little darling, I was wrong I was wrong to ever leave you You're the only love I've known I was wrong to ever grieve you Take me back in your arms where I belong Oh I was wrong. Go away. Please believe me when I say Oh I found out since I've been gone. You were right, little darling. I was wrong.
2: Well, Judy's in the kitchen with Geranium preparing a picnic lunch she hopes Benchley will bid for.
3: Golly, Geranium, when Benchley for tastes this cake I baked, I bet he kisses me and just won't be able to break away. Why, honey, your kiss is that good. No, but I'll have marshmallow frosting all over my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, when Benchley comes over here on his way to picnic, maybe I can keep him all to myself. You mean keep him away from Miss Brenda? Honey, how can you do that? I'm gonna sprinkle myself with some of this new perfume. Boy, it sure affects men. Yeah, what kind of perfume is it? It's called Atomic Bomb Number Five. <laughs> One squirt and they flirt. <laughs> well, when I bought it, I had to sign a paper releasing the store from all responsibility. My goodness, Miss Judy, look again. What happened to that rice pudding you was making? It's all burnt up. Yeah, I can't understand it. I did just what the recipe said. Yeah, what'd it say? It said, bring to a boil on a brisk fire, stir for two minutes, then beat it for ten minutes. Then what? Just when I come back in ten minutes, it was burnt to a crisp. <laughs> Golly. <laughs>
5: Kinda of silly, ain't it?
3: Hard <laughs> boiled eggs would have been easier to cook, but there wasn't any eggs in the in-house. Yeah, but this you, I heard those chickens cackling. Oh, that was a false alarm, Geranium. What do you mean, false alarm? Well, if a hen cackles when she's sitting, she's laying. But if she cackles when she's sitting, she's lying. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I sure hope Benchley likes my lunch. Gosh, maybe that's Benchley now. I'll answer the door. Hello, who are you?
4: <laughs> Hello,
6: remember me? I'm Walter.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember you. You're the new fellow who moved in at the head of the block.
6: Yeah, that's me, Walter the blockhead. <laughs>
3: Hey, you want to know something?
6: Eh, you appeal for me
3: <laughs> I do? Oh, chef I bet you're just saying that Oh, no, I like you Hey, I
6: even brought you a picnic lunch I packed it myself What I mean, I... I packed it <laughs> You did? <laughs> oh,
5: yeah <laughs> I,
6: I had to sit on it to get the lid closed <laughs> I shouldn't have put that pineapple in there though. Yeah, look, I I got a malted milk for you. Where? It's right here in my pocket. A malted milk in your pocket? Yeah. Hey, that's funny. It was here a minute ago. <laughs> Gee. I told the fellow not to make it so thin. <laughs>
5: hey,
6: well, I, I gotta go to the picnic now. I gotta I gotta I gotta go to, to the picnic. I... Well, I hope you have a good time. Oh, I will. I you know, I like horseback riding parties. Last time, my horse kicked me in the face. (laughs) 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 Boy, could we have laughs. (laughs)
3: Guys, everything happens to me. I wonder how he got by Winchester, the butler. Oh, Winchester. Oh, yes,
7: Miss Canova.
3: How did that fellow get in the front door? Well, you see, his entrance
7: was so precipitous, I was unable to remonstrate with him. Huh?
8: You see, I wasn't, uh,
7: I wasn't cognizant of his imminence until he had placed himself in a juxtaposition to the vestibule by his ambidextrous manipulations. Is there anything else you'd like to know, Miss Canova?
3: Yeah, how did he get in the front door?
7: (laughs) (laughs) Miss Canova, I heard about your date with Mr. Bosford. Do
3: you think he likes you? Well, Winchester, I ain't sure, but every time he sees me in a sweater, he says, oh boy. See, I wish I looked more like a girl. (laughs) Miss Judith. Mr. Mr.
8: Buston is here. Oh, hello, Judy. My, but you look wonderful. I do? Yes, if I do say so myself, you and Lana Turner and Betty Grable are sisters under the skin.
3: You know, one of my other fellas told me that, too. He did? Yep, but he told me to crawl back under the skin and send out one of my sisters. (laughs) (laughs) Say, Benchley, are you ready to bid on my picnic lunch?
8: You mean before the other fellows have a chance?
3: Why not? The Count already offered me one franc.
8: Oh, but it wouldn't be fair. I have too many scruples.
3: Scruples? Say, don't either one of you fellows got any American money?
8: (laughs) Oh, Judy, you're so naive, so cute. I could love you. You could? Yes, Judy. I could love you terribly.
3: Well, come around when you've improved your technique.
8: (laughs) You misunderstand. I know a thousand ways to kiss a girl. Would you like to learn a few?
3: A few, shucks. Show me a whole bunch.
8: (laughs) Oh, Judy, you say such cute things. For two pins, I'd grab you and kiss you.
3: Well, here, take these. My hair always comes down anyhow. (laughs) Gee, Binchley, why do you want to kiss me? Why,
8: kissing is a natural expression of love, Judy. Now, look at those two lovebirds in their cage, billing and cooing. Why can't we do that?
3: Well, do you think there's room enough for us up there?
5: Ah,
8: <laughs> uh, Judy, when the moon is high tonight, we'll have a wonderful time at the picnic.
3: See, eventually I can't go to the picnic and go horseback riding, but that's why I want you to bid for the lunch here.
9: Well, why can't you go horseback riding?
3: Well, you see, I had a little accident today, baking bread. I put in the flour, the yeast, the salt, sugar, and shortening, and... Then I guess I must have misunderstood the cookbook. What do you mean? Well, the book said set on the stove until the bread rises. <laughs> hey, what happened? I rose before the bread did. <laughs> well folks, now that the war is over, we're all going through a period of reconversion. Some of us won't have as much money as others, but not having as much money as the next feller ain't so bad if you don't spend what you got trying to prove you got more than him. Besides, you can't buy happiness with money anyhow. You know, I, I get a lot of happiness just singing a little old song my mama used to sing to me. Go to sleepy little baby, go to sleepy little baby When you wake you patty patty cake and ride a shiny little pony Daddy's coming home, baby, daddy's coming home, baby Stop your crying, daddy will be buying you a shiny little pony Hush, bye-bye, little baby. Bye-bye, little baby. Daddy's gonna be home with you and me. Then you'll never be so lonely. Go to see the little baby. Go to see the little baby. When you wake, you patty-patty-cake, and ride a shiny little pony. Rock a baby in the treetop. When the wind blows, the cradle will
5: rock.
3: When the bough breaks, the cradle will fall. Down will
5: come baby, cradle and ball. Hush,
3: by the little baby Bye, the little baby Daddy's gonna be home with you and me Then we'll never be so lonely Oh, go to see the little baby Go to see the little baby When you wake you patty patty cake And ride a shiny little pony
5: Go to see the little baby Go
3: Folks, it was awfully nice being with you tonight, and I hope we'll all be together again next Saturday night. In the meantime, please don't forget the two products that bring us together each week, palm olive Soap and Colgate Tooth Powder, the bestest in the world. This is Judy Canova from Hollywood saying... Good night, soldier, wherever you may be. My heart's lonely with us.
1: Stay tuned for Lights Out next on Theater of the Mind. Well, we had a lot of laughs from Judy Canova. Now it's time for a few chills as we present Lights Out and the episode, The Author and the Thing. Ironized Yeast presents Lights Out, everybody.
8: Lights Out brings you stories of the supernatural and the supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries of the unknown. We tell you this frankly, so if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you calmly, but sincerely, to turn off your radio now. Enough.
1: Lights Out. Everybody.
9: Miss Goddard, answer the phone, please.
4: Yes, Mr. Obler. Yes? Oh, yes, Miss Harrison. Here he is. Mr. Obler? Yes? Miss Harrison.
9: Oh, oh thank you. Hello, and How's the Phantom Lady? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, how am I in trouble? Well, the last light's out. I just don't know what to write about. Oh, no, I got plenty of ideas, but... Oh, well, men dying in foxholes, and what am I doing? Thinking of fantastic... But... Well, thanks very much, but I still insist that I ought to be...
10: <laughs> yeah, okay, okay.
9: Sure, I'll make this last one a good one, and then that'll be that. If I live through it. Huh? <laughs> no, no, I was just talking to myself. I've been doing that rather consistently these last few days. <laughs> yes, uh, I guess all those zombies and ghouls and Luke garoos have finally caught up with me. <laughs> I know, I know. Two aspirins and a glass of water every half hour. Uh, now look here, Miss Harrison, don't worry about me. I'll get the story written tonight if I have to talk to the devil himself to do it. All right, John, Yeah, Sure. Oh, fine, fine. Call me back in an hour and I'll have some kind of a plot figured out. I hope. Give okay, my regards to Norman. Talk to you later. Well, Miss Goddard, let's get to work. Yes, sir. What time is it, anyway?
4: 11.32.
9: Sorry I have to keep you working so late?
4: That's perfectly all right. I know you have to have that play
3: done by tomorrow morning. I'm glad to help.
9: You're an angel. (laughs) Angel. That's a strange word to use here in this room where I've thought up so many demons and monsters. Tell me, or maybe you won't want to tell me.
10: What, Mr. Obler?
9: Working with me on these lights-out plays. Do you ever get frightened? Well... You do, don't you?
4: Yes, I do get frightened many times.
9: There was a time I'd have found that very amusing, but not tonight.
4: Is there something wrong, Mr. Ogler?
9: I don't know. Tell me, did you ever sit alone in a room at night and have a premonition, I mean, suddenly get the feeling that somewhere in the house, perhaps in the darkness in the next room, something was waiting, something of malignancy and evil?
10: (laughs) Ugh,
9: what's the matter with me? If I keep on talking like this, they'll be using me as Exhibit X in a psychopathic ward. Come on, let's get to work. Yes, sir. Uh, let me see. We'll start out next week's play with the regular lights out opening. Lights out everybody, chimes, later thing you think, gong. First character is named, um, Hellman. Call him Hellman. Jack Hellman. H-E-L-M-N. Two hours. Got that? Mm-hmm. Um, he commits a murder, and he, um... Oh, what's the use? I can't write another one of these things. Ghosts and groans and blood. I, I tell you, I can't do it. I can't do it.
10: Oh, Mr. Oberler.
9: I'm sorry. Look here, Miss Goddard. You better run along.
10: But aren't we going
9: No, to... I just can't write anymore tonight.
4: But the cast, they'll be standing by. The rehearsal. The devil
9: with the rehearsal. I'm not going to go insane writing these things for anybody. Now, now run along, please. Try to get some rest and you come back early in the morning and we'll see what we can do.
1: Just as you say.
4: Are you sure you're all right? Please go. All right. Good night.
9: Good night. What's come over me anyway? Why, why did
11: I tell her to go? I gotta write this play.
9: Premonitions.
11: <laughs>
9: she must have thought I was getting softening.
10: Oh. Who's there? Oh.
9: Oh, I am in bad shape. The wind rattles the window and I... Lights out, author goes nuts. There's a headline for Variety. I gotta get down to Earth. Quarter to twelve. Joan said she'd call back in an hour. I've gotta have some kind of a plot by then. Let me see. How about a, a press agent named Black killing a man named White and Black and White murder... Oh, that corny. <sighs> Maybe I could use a story about a Hollywood producer. Let's see, Johnny Auer. He meets a girl and then's afraid because the girl's husband. Oh, is that out of character? Huh. How about Nero chopping off heads in the Roman circus and... Huh, certainly it's quiet in here. Yell all day for quiet, and now that I've got it, I...
5: I have got the jitters.
9: What the devil have I got to be jittery about? Things are what they are, if anybody knows that I do. Two and ten makes four, unless you're talking about curved space, and then that has hold on to what they've got, and anybody who's in this war for profit ought to have his bones broken off, and th- What the devil am I talking about? Huh? Okay. I'd better stop kidding myself. I know what's wrong. I want to write it, and yet I don't. What's the matter with me? Afraid to put it down on paper? What have I got to be afraid of? Here it (laughs) goes. Get it over with. Outline of title undecided. Get out of my system. Play opens in the cell of a monastery in the Middle Ages. A mystic is cowered in the corner of his room. Outside, a mob is clamoring for his life. It appears that a horrible crime has been committed in the village below... A horrible monster had torn a woman. It appears that this creature brought into being through the incantations of the sorcerer was the concentration of all the evil in men's hearts and minds. A tremendous force of fiendishness and inhumanity put into living flesh to roam the world and commit unspeakable hu...
1: Of all the drivel.
9: A tremendous force of fiendishness and inhumanity put into living flesh to roam the world and commit unspeakable hu- <laughs> Well, drivel or not, there it is on paper. Me own monster conceived in me own mind. Congratulations, Papa, have a cigar. Conceived in my own mind. That's what that crazy monk said in that book Nat Wolf gave me. I wonder who gave Nat that, that book. Conceived in... Where's that book anyway? It ought to be... I even marked the page. And I say unto thee that if thou shalt be evil and do evil and think evil... And let thy mind rest upon this evilness in the light of day and in the darkness of night for seven days and seven nights. There may come into being a thing of evil, and it shall take the form of the evilness of thy thought. <sighs> Written by half-star mystic more than ten centuries ago, and I—funny, I should have thought of those words tonight. I've been thinking about them for a week. Shall take the evil, the form of the evilness of thy thought. Seven days and seven... Who...
10: Who's there? No, no, no. no! <laughs> what the... You... You in my mind... You're you're just in my mind. No, no, you—you evil—you—you don't exist. I tell you, I I thought you— you're you're a dream. I said a dream. When I wake up, door. It is a dream. It's got to be a dream. Come in, come in. Get me out of this dream. Get me out of this dream. Hi, Arch. Well, don't you ever open doors anymore? What's the big idea sitting in here all alone? It's not a dream. It's—it's still. Hey, Arch. What's cooking? Eli, get out! Oh, now, Arch, don't stand there looking at me. Get out! Can't you see it? Can't you see it? Get out! Get
12: out, get out of here! What's a gag? See and here what?
10: Behind you! Look behind you!
12: Well, there's nothing behind me but the wall. Eli, say, hey, what is this anyway? A preview of a Eli, get 2010? out of here! All right, all right. Now let's have it. What is this? A preview of a new play? Mm. Boy, am I glad you're quitting lights out after all. Can't you hear him? Oh, hear who? Eli, behind you! Behind me? What? What's the matter with you anyway, Arch? Don't you feel well? keep staring back at me. It must
10: be a dream. Yourself. It must be a dream. What's that dream? dream? Are you
12: tired? And what's the matter? The pink elephant's beginning to- oh, No! No! My brother! Elephant. No, my brother! Let go of you! No.
10: You think to my brother! No! No! no. 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 <laughs> 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 well, Eli. Eli. Oh no! Operator, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 operator, please, send police right away, my brother. Please, send police, send police, uh, my brother, my brother,
13: my brother. How much time we got to go on this shift yet, Joe? Oh, hold it! Here comes Frank Sinatra again.
12: That's squad thirty-nine and forty-eight, go to Ventura Redwood. Drunk making a disturbance. Claims his brother ate by a monster. Squad 39 48 yeah, go to let's Victoria go. Redwood. Drunk claims brother is hit up by a thing. KLPD signing off.
9: But I tell you, it's true, officer, it's true. My brother, my own brother, I saw it, I saw it all with my own right, eyes. All I right, all it.
13: right,
10: it, right. So, so you saw, you saw it. it. Now take it easy, young fellow, you're in a bad I change. tell you, I'm not
13: drunk, I'm as sober as you
9: are.
10: Now, don't get funny. You know, thick-headed fool, look, it's there behind you. Huh, what? The thing, the monster, look at it, believe my
13: brother, my oh, brother. Oh, I've heard, brother. heard of him seeing snakes <laughs> and pink elephants, but this is the first one I've seen is bad <laughs> off, eh, hey, Joe? But he don't look tight. Oh, you never can tell in the valley. <clears throat> there, look
10: the, at the two of you, can't you see him, can't you see him, slobbering there in the corner? <laughs> hey,
13: hey, maybe we'd better take him down to the station Let him cool off in the can for a while, eh? Yeah, yeah.
10: Stop staring at me, the two of you Why won't you believe me? Why won't you believe me? See, believe
13: me? Clarence Maybe this guy's on the level Oh, are you nuts, too? Something happened to his brother There'd be someone around, wouldn't there? And there ain't nothing in this room What have I done? What have I done? You've done? What do you mean? I thought of the monster Seven days and the matter. I Joe, the guy's nuts Let's find out who he is What's your name, young fella? Yeah, what's your name? Quiet down now. What's your name?
10: Oh, difference different than anything. The thing, it sits there and grins at me. Why don't you see it and help me? Why oh, don't you Oh, come on, me?
13: come Where's on this, now. Me? What's your name? Let's have it.
11: Obler. <laughs> what's your business? What do you do <laughs> for a <laughs> living?
10: Well Radio. I, I write radio. What's the difference? Radio? <laughs> Obler. Say,
13: ain't you the guy that writes them screwy lights out things Tuesday nights? Yes. Yes, help me.
10: Please, please help yeah,
13: me. Is oh, This is the guy that writes them ghost things I was telling you about. You know, over the radio. Over. The guy who always makes his cops Irish. You get yeah. it? <laughs> it's one of them gags, gags. One of them publicity gags. Gags?
10: Oh, you infernal... Now, wait a minute, fellow. You're Watch minute. your tongue. <laughs> I tell you, it's not a gag. It's here, here in the room. And it took my brother and... There. Can't you hear it? Can't you hear it? Huh? It's laughing. An infernal laughing. Listen to it. Listen to <laughs> it.
13: It is, later than you say. Ah, yeah. Okay, young fellow, if it ain't a gag, you better take a broom and go back to bed. Oh. Now, listen, you were going to hang around for a while, so take it easy. Come on, Joe, let's get out of here. This no, time. no, wait. How wait, is this?
10: wait. Uh, don't, don't let me down. <laughs> it's here, I tell you, it's here, don't let me. Oh. <laughs> What'll I do, What'll I do. i got to get out of here. Yeah, that's it. I've got to get out of here and find someone who'll believe me. What? Oh, it won't let me out. No, no, don't come near me. Don't. Come. The, the police. They come back. Come in. Come in. Hi, Alex. Oh. I was just driving by and I thought... No, no, Mercedes. Get... get out of here. Get out. What? No, no. A... Arch, what's the matter? What are you staring at? Mercedes, in? believe me, you got to get out. you got to get no. out. No. Mercedes. Mercedes. No. Help. No. Help. Oh, no. no. Mercedes, help. No. Help! No.
5: Help! No. help. No. help.
8: No. help. No. Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come to take a moment's intermission in tonight's Lights Out story the tale of a weird and horrible monster dreamed by its author into actual existence. In this moment, let's return to the world of stark reality, where a man is saying...
1: Don't talk to me about having fun tonight. I feel too tired out, same as last night and many other nights. I'm getting thin as a rail, too jittery to eat or sleep as I should. I feel like I'd never be able to enjoy life again.
8: Now, wait a minute. Lots of men and women who used to feel that way have found it was due to simple vitamin B1 and iron deficiency. If that's your trouble, try ironized yeast tablets. Ironized yeast tablets? That's right. Ironized yeast tablets give you vitamin B1 with iron, the exact two substances you need when you suffer from these deficiencies. It's this two-way help of ironized yeast that's been of such splendid benefit in such cases. Yet the cost of these pleasant little tablets is only a few pennies a day.
1: Gosh. Maybe I ought to try ironized yeast tablets.
8: By all means, do if vitamin B1 and iron deficiency is what's getting you down. Then see if pretty soon you aren't saying.
1: It's sure swell to feel like myself again. I've got back my old time weight and pep. It's like a new lease on life. I'm certainly glad I tried ironized yeast tablets.
8: And now back to our final lights out story. Oh, no.
13: Oh, no. Oh, no. no. No, no. Hey, what's going on here? Didn't oh, no. we tell you to go to bed? Is that the way to act? We heard you screaming all the way down. In the...
11: Oh, no. Where did she come from? She,
10: her, torn. Give me a gun. Huh? That thing in the corner there, won't you look at it? Won't you believe me? Give me that gun. Get away from me. The gun, I'll shoot it. I'll shoot it. No, oh, no, stand where you are. Stand where you are let you have a
13: slug. Huh? You got it coming to you, that girl. Uh. They'll burn you for it as sure as me. My name's Clarence McMinzer. And I'd like to be the guy that pulls the switch. <laughs>
11: Right in here, sir. You've got five minutes. Yes, I know, I know. Oh, Mr. Kinney, I've been waiting for you. I got here as soon as I could. Uh, Looks bad, Obler. Very bad. What do you mean? I didn't do anything. I tell you, I didn't. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I know, I know. But, uh, Opler, you can't do a thing like that and just walk away from it. Well, I've explained it to you. I've explained it to everyone a hundred times, a thousand times. Won't anyone believe me? Now, look here, Arch. I'm your attorney. I want to help you. A great number of people want to help you, and we certainly can't do a thing unless you cooperate. Yes, that's what I said, cooperate. What do you want me to do? Tell the truth, the whole truth. But I've told you, I've told you... Yes, yes, I know what you've told me. A horrible thing that you conceived in your mind came to life and uh, did a number of uh, peculiar things. Uh, But, oh, see here, surely you don't think that even the most stupid jury on earth is going to believe that nonsense? You don't believe me? Well, I've heard many peculiar alibis from my radio clients in time, but... Well, listen, if you want to plead temporary insanity... But I'm not insane. I'm not insane. I'm not insane. Then let's hear a sane explanation of what happened that night. I told you. I told you everything just the way it happened. My brother came home and... Yes, 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 I know. Well, your brother came into the room and was eaten up by this monster, and then that girl... Oh, what's the use? Apparently you want to die. I've tried so hard to make you understand. I've tried to make you understand that if you don't stop this infernal nonsense... and hurry up and tell me the truth of what really happened you'll either find yourself taking a one-way walk to the electric chair or wake up in a padded cell in an asylum for the criminally insane. What? The fact of the matter is, they've already appointed a lunacy commission to pass on your case. Lunacy commission? Oh, see here, Arch. Wait. No, wait. Let me talk. Go right ahead. That's what I want you to do. Maybe I am insane.
9: I don't know. At first, I told myself it was nothing but a nightmare. That I'd wake up and find it had all been nothing but a weird dream that never really happened. But it's not a dream, and no one will believe my story, not even you.
11: It's such an irrational story? How can you expect anyone to believe it? Now, take that part about your brother being devoured alive by this, this monster. It happened. It happened just as I said it happened. It's common knowledge that your brother is pre-induction vacationing up north with your mother. He came back. You mean they are coming back. I sent your brother a wire to come back and bring your mother home at once. They ought to be here today.
9: My brother's dead.
11: Well, that's your preposterous story. This, this thing, this monster who's supposed to have committed all these crimes. Where is he? Where did he come from? Where has he gone to? I, I don't know. Did the police see him? No. Did anyone see him? No. Oh, Arch, Arch, if you're going to think up an alibi to save yourself, for heaven's sake, think up a better one than that one.
9: I'm not trying to think
11: up alibis.
9: I'm just trying to explain what happened. To you and maybe to myself. I haven't believed much during my life except perhaps that somewhere there was a power that went beyond life and death. What happened to me isn't explainable. in Any terms that you and I... But, Mr. Gang, I tell you what did happen. I thought of a monster for seven days and seven nights in my own mind. And like that prophet of the Middle Ages warned, the evil thing came to life and yet only
11: I could see it and hear it. And do you see and hear it now?
9: No. That's what I can't quite understand. Perhaps the horrible thing only has life when I think about it intensely. Ah, Intense. That's it. Yeah. It only
10: has life when my thoughts give it life. Like an idea. Don't you see, Mr. Gang? Like an idea only exists when you think of it. Your thought gives it life. And that's the way it is with that terrible thing. Listen. What? Listen. Listen. Do you hear him? There. There he is in the corner. What? I what? tell you, he's there. Don't you hear it? Blubbering and slobbering. I see it now. I see it. You think... I'm not afraid of you anymore, you hear me? I'm not afraid. I'll kill you. 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 God. Help! 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 God! He's gone insane! He's gone insane!
13: are uh, crazy. crazy. I've had dealings with several of them, I
12: know. Gentlemen, you, it's you it's please unfold yourself? Uh, Mr. Pelletine, please. Uh, 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 Dr. Schimmick, uh, put down that bottle. No man wait are we a lunacy I'm commission or lunatics? Saying. And I you too, Mr. Gibson. Uh, ah, I know how strongly you gentlemen feel about this matter, but after all, we must come to a decision on his mental status. As chairman of this lunacy commission, I feel that it is incumbent upon me to shall I say, uh, summarise the facts that they have been placed before us. Uh, First, it is an established fact that a murder, and a very horrible murder, has been committed. The police officer has testified very conclusively that Archobala was there upon the scene of the crime, and that it was absolutely impossible for anyone else to have committed the murder. In other words, the man whose mental status we are to determine is a murderer. Consider further facts. Does he wear conventional shirts? Uh, No, no. Uh, Another fact. Does he participate in uh, normal activities such as drinking, dancing, uh, fraternal orders, and similar uh, beneficial social activities? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. I pile fact upon fact. Have you gentlemen ever listened to his plays? Oh, yeah, his plays. uh, 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 What are some of the distinctive features of these works? Voices. Mm. Strange voices. Strange voices. Whispering, voices. whispering voices. Note that gentleman always whispering voices. <laughs> yeah. Voices. Voices. Gentlemen, I am of the firm opinion that we are dealing with a very definite case of dementia praecox in its paranoidal form. Well, Not can likewise, I tell you it all radio, radio rises? Rises up. Oh. Oh. Oh.
5: No, watch,
10: no, no. A lifetime in an insane asylum. Oh, my, I'm not a sailor. I tell you, I'm not a sailor. No, a sailor. no, of course you're not,
4: son. Don't excite yourself anymore. Please. But they would make me go?
10: If there was only some way I... I could make them see the thing as I see it. Mother... You believe what I told you, don't you?
11: Yes, yes, dear. Of course I do. <sighs> oh, if Eli would only get back.
10: Eli? Yeah. But I told you Eli would. You're like the others. You don't believe me. Now I know you don't. Oh, you sure. will believe. I'll make you believe. Bing. Bing, wherever you are, listen to me. I think of you. You hear? I think of you. I give you life. Oh, I give you life. You hear, Mother? You hear? It does exist. It does? No. Oh, don't get so excited. There, no, Mother. You must. It's right behind you. Turn, see, believe. Oh, oh. You see it, Mother. You see it. I'm not insane. I'm not oh. Oh. No. My mother. Bang my mother. No. No. Not my mother. Not my mother. Not my mother. Not my mother. Not my mother.
12: All
9: right. All right. Hello. Oh, yes, Joan. Midnight already? Yeah, I've been sitting here very comfortably, and I finally thought up the plot line, and believe me, it's quite a brainstorm. I die. Sure, sure. It's my final broadcast, so why not? No, no, I'm not gagging. Listen to me. You know, it's all about a monster that I conceived in my own little bitty mind, and it comes to life. (laughs) Honestly, I haven't had a coke in hours. It's going to be one of those you know, crazy stories inside of a story. Now, now listen, the way I've got it figured out is this. Now, I'm supposed to be sitting here thinking of this horrible monster, and suddenly I turn around and there it is. And my young brother comes in and this monster eats him up alive. And then Mercy McCambridge comes in and she... Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Joan. Hold it for a minute. I think someone came in. I imagine it's Bernie. I'll see who...
10: No, no, Joe, Joe listen. That thing—it's true. This time, it's really happening. No! 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 no, no,
5: no.
8: Well, Mister Obler,
10: Mister Obler, where are you? I'm way down here. What are you doing down there? Didn't you hear the play? I'm dead.
9: (laughs) All right, Frank. I'll come back to Earth long enough to say goodbye to our friends. And now,
8: how about those farewells, Mr. Obler? Yes, after a full
9: year of blood and suspense and death in the night, the time has come to put lights out away and go on to other things. Thanks to those people behind the scenes who have helped so much engineers, sound men, actors. Now, starting next week at the same time, Iron Eyes East is going to bring you a new version of an old favorite, Big Town. Yes, Big Town. And if a note of reality of our times has crept into a play now and then, forgive me, but even a fictionizer can't always forget that there's a very real war going on for very real human issues. So, right now, it's goodbye from a man named Obler and a cordial invitation to listen into to the show that succeeds lights out, Big Town.
8: Yes, Big Town, the thrilling, dramatic pageant of America's mightiest metropolis as mirrored by Steve Wilson's courageous newspaper, The Illustrated Press. Listen as Steve takes you behind the headlines for the stories that are the lifeblood of a great newspaper. Remember, next Tuesday at this same time, Big Town. And if you need more vitamin B1 and iron, be sure to try Ironized Yeast. But remember, there's only one Ironized Yeast. You'll know it instantly by the yellow and orange package and by the big letters IY on the container and on each tablet. It is later than
1: you think. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night it's Hop Along Cassidy, followed by The Fred Allen Show. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support.